Hello and welcome to Knowing Nature, the podcast all about exploring and engaging with the natural world. I'm your host, Victor, and welcome to another Film Club episode. This time we're talking about the 1990 classic film, Arachnophobia, directed by Frank Marshall. Uh, The movie is about a family physician who moves to a small town in order to take over the practice of a retiring doctor. But unbeknownst to the people of the town, a newly discovered spider from Venezuela has hitched a ride back to the town in the coffin of an unfortunate photographer. There they produce hundreds of offspring and go on to terrorize this small town. Joining me to discuss this movie is uh, science communicator Christina. Welcome back to the show, Christina. Oh, thank you so much, Victor. I was so excited when you asked me to come and comment on this film. So excited. <laughs> and also returning to the show, we have science educators Connor and Tom. Welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Yeah, this is Tom. Thanks for having me, Victor. This was a terrifying film, but very enjoyable. First off, what did you all just think of the film? I, you know what, I thought I hadn't watched it before, but when I was watching it, I realized I watched it when I was really young. I loved it. Um, I, re- I remember liking it then, and I re- I've just loved it when I rewatch it today. Uh, I think it's, it's one of those films that you ke- I, well, I kept thinking, ooh, why are they doing that like that? But I really enjoyed it. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those films that I remember renting from Blockbuster way back in the day when I was younger. And I, I'm pretty sure it's one of the films that I rented probably like four or five times. Like every so often we'd go to Blockbuster and basically I would rent like the same five or six movies over and over and over again. And I'm pretty sure this was in, in the mix. So I, I'd seen parts of it when I was younger, but um, it was kind of like a new experience watching it. And it had like a really nice nostalgic vibe about it. Like the, the late 80s, early 90s kind of adventure movies. Yeah. And so it had that go for it. And then, but I'm sure we're going to get into exactly how they did the spiders, but that definitely had an impact on how scary I thought it was towards the end. But really, really fun to watch. So I also watched it when I was a bit younger. And I distinctly remember it being one of those, like, after Watershed, Channel 5, got the rights to show a load of movies and it's it's the sort of films I cut my teeth on. It's creature feature stuff, you know, it's Lake Placid, it's Anaconda. And I loved it. As as a as a buck collector as a child, it certainly was a, a good teenage exploration of, of how that could be a really creepy thing. <laughs> and um it has aged surprisingly well. I wasn't sure how it would be like coming back to it after so many years but for for a film from the 90s it's done quite well i think the early 90s even is the 1990s is like my sister wasn't even born um yeah I, i thought that too you know like i was i was really surprised because again i was remembering um i was having flashbacks and watching it when i was younger and i was like actually not that bad not in the style of the 1990s film that I've rewatched. I think um, I think in terms of like its vibe, it very much felt like one of the family kind of films from that time, so like Jumanji almost. It just had those moments of like quite startling violence that you knew that they could just edit out for TV, and so it could be screened at like I don't know five pm, 
But yeah, overall, it just it did have that not being like a straight up horror, but more like you could you could watch this with your family if uh, <laughs> if they felt like it. Yeah. There's also like that aspect that I saw at the beginning, like I felt at the beginning that I was like, come on, give me the spiders. You know, they, they introduce the spiders and then they introduce his family and they tell you about all the struggles that they're having moving from the city into the countryside. And like then the doctor that he was going to take over, not retiring and him having a hard time. I'm like, yeah, I feel for you. But like, show me the spiders. Where are they? Like, give me more spiders. I, I like that gentle introduction to the monster of the movie being these spiders though where it's just like he becomes like this doctor death for every patient that you know he comes into town he's got no patients and the few patients that he does see like they all end up dying (laughs) yeah oh it had that very like small town oh what we got the city people in now haven't we oh yeah you think you're so great don't you you city people gonna come and solve all of our problems (laughs) aren't you that that kind of classic group it was like the the policeman lloyd where he he literally said you know like oh i fly in city boy that's right yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's really sad you get a feeling of the whole town though you met the policeman the doctor the coronaries the the football team the school kind of like yeah you get the feeling of that of of what they got themselves into even even the children have their own friends now so yeah yeah that was that was you know heartwarming I think it makes you like the family I suppose I'm sure we'll talk about it more later but it it sets up the main characters like Mm. development point very well it's blunt but I think well done where there's the the small spider one of the children goes ah there's a huge spider in one of the moving boxes and it turns out it's a tiny little thing but that's and, classic. And, that's classic of this kind of films, isn't it? Is that the first yeah. scare that you know in Jaws is that the children doing the jokes and things like that, and yeah. and you always get that feeling of like, this is a small thing, you shouldn't worry, and then Jin Chang, the monster, actually approaches. Yeah, and as because they they move that small spider to the barn, which is where it breeds. Oh with, yeah. Uh, but on the way, he recalls his childhood fear. Mm. and how that has made him arachnophobic you know hence the title and uh, and that sets it up very nicely for the end mm-hmm. yes yeah talking about the monster of the movie big spiders and i i really liked the amount of spider science or arachnology i guess um that there is in the film i think they did it generally like really well a lot of like accurate stuff in there yeah I, I i actually the opening scene in which they're collecting uh when they collect a spider i thought that's based on real field work mm. methods that they do in tropical rainforests where they'll they'll go into a newly newly found area and essentially gas the tree um <laughs> and uh, let ev- all the species fall down into um, like a receptacle in order to see what the biodiversity is like so I, I was quite impressed like of seeing those things in the film that I assumed would just kind of go oh this spider just attacks people straight away but like the fact that it's framed with a scientific uh kind of a research trip I thought was really cool um, the science and, behind it the science yeah, behind it absolutely. I I mean I mean, I love it when all the butterflies are still falling down and they look like falling like pieces of paper falling down. And then they're like, 
that's what I think when I was like, well, that's not that scientific when they start just picking them up. And, you know, that's the cinematic part of it. You need to make it beautiful. You need to make it appeal, appealing. So you see all these butterflies falling and they're huge and they're really colourful. And then they pick one and they're like, oh, this is probably a new species. And like, definitely not a species, but okay. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But it's, yeah, it's, I think the way they do it and the way they picture the science of it, they do it in a way that is, beautiful it's really appealing for the eye and it's still you know it has that background scientific to it that makes it quite quite nice it's like okay they've they've done a little bit of the research it's not they're not throwing themselves into it yeah and and it's not a terribly unrealistic view of what an expedition like that would kind of be like right like well they, they would never have a helicopter victor i don't think no i mean budget for a helicopter yeah. too. <laughs> That's just a well-funded expedition. Um, I wanted to say that with the way that they collected those, like, first of all, butterflies as an indicator of things dying is such a setup for you shouldn't really like these people. Butterflies are those invertebrates that people like. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, Connor's just reminded me. Yeah, the species of butterfly are not Venezuelan species. But yeah, they've got Madagascan sunset moth. There's some blue morphos in there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they're all over the shop with, with those species. <laughs> However, but nobody's going to on be able the to other tell side that. of it is that this is kind of like the lost world. Hmm. This is a sink pit. This is an unlabeled area where you could have had species that are similar to places that don't really yeah. make sense. Yeah. Because it, and that's the sort of magic, that's the, uh, the, the, the fantastical side of it is. You've got an untouched space. They, they comment on that, that it's like 10 degrees cooler down at the bottom. So, mm. you know, it's kind of this isolated little bit because that, that temperature gradient between the bottom of the pit and the top would prevent quite a lot of things, a lot of invertebrates from moving in and out of it. Yeah. Um, which is, again, like something that does happen, especially in the tropics, you get a lot of specialization um, along these very thin like temperature bands. Going back to the spider, I found it quite interesting that they decided to make the spider kind of like a um, like a like a colony um, social uh, arthropod, right? Because that's that's they 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 discover that on that expedition. They go, oh, there's this these are drones, and so there must be a queen here. And yeah. they set that up as like, you know, there's there's a colony of of. Um, spiders and then that set up the whole queen which I think people are familiar with as well like the whole you know people know about bees and 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 so they know that there's going to be a queen there's going to be a nest there's going to be you know spiders that are soldiers and drones and things like that and I found that really interesting that they, they decided to go to that way but I suppose that makes it a bit more like yeah familiar for people they make spiders more like something that they know I got that feeling they uh, made it a patriarchy though didn't they they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a weird one. Because like it you say, was... Christina, like people think of uh, a queen and the drones. Uh, yeah. But they made this one it like, king. it was a king. The social aspect was really interesting because as you said, Christina, like you don't usually think of um, spiders being social insects, so I, or, or arthropods anyways, mm. or creatures. I did a bit of reading and there's actually a few dozen um, species of social spiders that live together uh, in big groups, big colonies. Um, and what scientists think is that living in a big colony allows them to take on bigger prey. 
And so there is actually some justification for why these spiders in the film aren't more scared of humans. So maybe they're actually used to taking on big prey like humans because they've got those big numbers. Where the film gets social spiders a bit different from the ones in the wild is that social spiders usually build these big, like three-dimensional, um, messy kind of webs rather than uh, the orb webs that you see in the movie. But I, I don't think they could have used, I don't think they could have not used orb webs because they're so recognizable. And in a movie like this, you'd want um, something that people would recognize as a spider web. I, I didn't know about that, actually. Yeah, yeah so there's a few. And actually, so in the movie, they, they use actual live spiders um, yeah. in quite a lot of the scenes. So like the, yeah. the smaller, I guess, drone spiders that they're actually a species of Australian, like a huntsman spider. And actually the species that they used um, is a social species, which is interesting. So they can live oh, together. Cool. These are a couple hundred. Yeah. That's, they should, uh, yeah, they did they actually, that's really cool. Um, I just want to say about that, uh, they use the real spiders. I think that's what made it quite visceral. Uh, it gave me a visceral reaction was the fact that they, especially later in the film when they're swarming, was, uh, yeah, it was give, definitely giving me flashbacks to uh, things I'd seen in houses in Australia. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you probably did see these in Australia. Like, yeah. Exactly those. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, I, I really wanted to talk about that too because I think it's something that made the film really special. I think that if they made, if they remade that film, it would be CGI most of it, yeah, and it would be yeah. really different. And you can tell they're real spiders and they're using real spiders like most of the time. You know, they're sort of the puppets, but um, and and so it just I think because you can see it really clearly that also sends you know the shivers that I'm just finding like oh yeah, I, I think it's real and you know that it's real and that's the magic of not using CGI, I think, in, in, in film, in, in the 90s film, but they were still not, CGI wasn't that um, settled and they would still go for like either real stuff or puppets. At the end, when they are swarming, when they are taking over the house, are those real spiders too as well? Like, I didn't know, I, was, I couldn't tell. When there was big crowds of them, I think it was just sped up footage of, of the real spiders coming yeah. out. Of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they ground it in reality very well in this film. This film stands apart from a lot of the other creature feature spider films um, that have come since then. And I think um, I feel like if this film was remade today, yes, they would use a lot more CGI, but I think they would feel that they have to go one for one step further, especially with it being mutant type spiders, and they. Mm. They, 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 they feel real yeah. spiders, because they I mean they are like you see the actual spiders moving around and they, they're using real life spiders but they don't combine random features of loads of different spooky spiders to make some sort of abomination which yeah. is so common these days like they didn't make them oh and it's got the ability of a trapdoor spider combined with an all web spiders actually no they did do the all web spider web um but that was a feature that you do see in spiders from Venezuela. Um, they made it venomous and small. I quite like that. The small ones, they bite you and it's the venom that kills you. Yeah. Uh, the only time we ever see a sort of monstrous is when we see the big one that came over biting. But it's being the only monstrous one, the other ones do feel so grounded with re reality that it's, it's not too much of a stretch of the imagination. But that, that's what makes it 
it's scary in a way or like a bit yeah, you know spooky the, the the you know the they're not that big like they could be anywhere and you wouldn't mm. see them like that's what happens to everyone they always creak into you know the helmet the sleeper the popcorn they get into that and then they bite Ooh. their prey it's not a big spider that you will see and when they i think at some point when they are walking into a room and they're looking everywhere because they don't know where the spider is going to be and it could be anywhere it could be on the roof it could be on the corner it could be heated somewhere um so that is what makes i don't know i think the next time i go in the shower i'll be like okay you know, like, because it could be anywhere and it's so small. And I think that's quite priceless. Like, you know, Anaconda draws the Meg. Is, everything is really big. Everything is like a big monster. The, the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. And this is not, this is something small. So you won't, you won't see it yeah. appearing. It makes a claustrophobic sense of fear of what's not there. Yeah. As opposed to a wide open space fear of what's not there. Like, it could be, like you say, it could be absolutely anywhere. These things are tiny. In your own house. Yeah. Yeah, you can really, because if it's a spider, you can picture in your own house. That makes it a bit more spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't exaggerate anything, right? What it does is it plays on an existing common fear of spiders, right? And it maybe it magnifies them a little bit. Thing, It doesn't like spit its venom at you or, you know, rot the flesh from your bones it doesn't do anything like really crazy yeah and even the venom science was all right as well i thought like you know they they explain a little bit is a venom is like the like the the reaction is a bit like tetanus so there are venoms they react like that that just make your muscles tense and that's why you die because then so i think that was really cool it was a good way of finding a venom that will kill you quite instantly as well and they will be difficult if a doctor looks at it it will be like oh it's a heart attack you know the, the heart stopped working um and i think even at the end when they, the scientist is looking at it i, I thought they were going to go and like oh this venom is this and blah blah, blah. and i was going to say well venom are really difficult to actually figure out where they are and they only go we've never seen this before and i'm like yeah cool sold on that you've done it like yeah, yeah. i also like how when he's calling around the the scientist's first response is like even the black widow blah 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 you know you can see that he like this is a conversation he has all the time so this is something that we talked about in our spiders episode about how um, perhaps unnecessarily worried people are about spider bites, even from something like a Black Widow. So the U.S. National Poison Center, in their records, between 2000 and 2008, there were 23,000 instances of Black Widow bites and no deaths. Um, and in most cases, a Black Widow bite doesn't even require treatment. But for where there's severe reactions, there, there are effective antivenoms so the deadliness of these spiders in the movie is like very unusual. Just to, to build on that message they had also was when they do find that regular house spider, the, the uh, mother particularly, she, she makes a point of saying, oh, it's more scared of you than you are of it. And I thought it, they made a clear distinction between the movie like mutant hybrid spider and like a normal spider for the audience by saying, like, it wasn't like, oh, all spiders are evil. It was like, no, here's regular spiders, but this is our movie spider. And I thought that was quite a nice distinction mm -hmm. they made very early on to kind of maybe do some damage control, perhaps, um, because obviously sometimes these films would lead to, you know, people looking at animals the wrong way and such. But that, that was, you know, it's a, it's a line, but it, it plays a part in the, in the early part of the story. And I thought that was 
that was quite good to have that in there because they could have easily not done that. Another point I think they did really well on was also the way that the spider fed. So when they discovered the body of the photographer in the coffin, he was desiccated, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it had like it, it sucked all of the, the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I was thinking, I'm not sure. I mean, that that is how spiders feed, right? Like on insects and things, they suck out like the juices yeah. on the inside, but they inject like enzymes that digest mm -hmm. the proteins and stuff outside. So if they did that to us who don't have exoskeletons, I wonder if we wouldn't like Ooh. turn more into like a puddle. Oh yeah, like a gooey. Yeah, and so you'd end up with like a, a skeleton essentially at the right. end. Right, because the skin like would, yeah, yeah that Milk makes a lot well. of it also digest. Gruesome. That's Unless true. it only affected those softer tissues, and it wasn't the dermal layer, like that just happened to not be affected by the venom, or it was a straight up blood sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, spiders are super diverse. They can eat in other ways. There are yeah. other ones that, rather than doing um, what mo most of us will think of when spiders feeding, is is that thing where they suck out like the juices inside. But some spiders will chew up their food. Like they've got huge mandibles at the front that like chew through things. Um, I was expecting to see a lot of webs when when they open the coffin. I'm like, oh, do you see it's gonna be webs. This spider is out to get ya. <laughs> that's the key difference like he wants to be subtle he's gonna sneak around cover you in web no that tells you that it's a spider in there no yeah. no no he's after you in fact all of them were all the little baby ones were as well they were out for blood they were that. and yet although most of the times when they did bite people other than the first one but the other ones there, they spiders were put in situations where they would bite people, right? Like in the helmet. Yeah. They suddenly they trapped themselves. with this huge thing yeah. moving around. And they then they got the themselves into those situations on purpose. And they launched, they launched themselves at people. Yeah, as well. exactly. They were jumping. That's mm. right. The very first like scene with one of the ones that gets fumigated from that tree launches at his face. Yeah. So they, yeah. they've got this aggression to them. Um, with, with, as you said, the deviousness, like this, yeah. like this cleverness that yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, they want to get into these situations to try and, and, and attack people. Well, I mean, that's the way I'm interpreting it. I know, yeah, like you say, Victor, it could just be that they're crawling into spaces and they get like, squished. They did say, they did say <laughs> in that hole in, the, in, in Venezuela, in the jungle, they were the, uh, at the top of the food chain. One of the things about um, the social spiders that is accurate is um, the social spiders tend to take on big prey because they work in, in big groups. That's like one of the benefits, one of the drivers they think behind evolving social behavior in these spiders. They can kind of build larger webs that capture larger prey. So, I mean, maybe that is what is going on with these spiders. They've just continued it on until they, they've become like the, the top predator in that little space there. A spider of that size working together in a large group of 20, 30, like maybe they could take down That's something true. the size of a human. So rather than yeah. being afraid of something as big as a human, they see humans as prey, as a prey item. This is around the size of a prey item that they might, they might actually take. Get all together. That's true. So, yeah, I, I did like the um, thread th that came up a couple times of the like 
crickets chirping and then people being like, oh yeah, I heard any crickets chirping. I, I like mm -hmm. that. Oh and yeah, you see that's the true. scenes of all the like dead crickets and grasshoppers strung up on spider webs. Mm -hmm. Nice little touches that mm. you know. If if they had uh, an ecologist in the town, the ecologist would be like, "What is going on? What's something going on? Really wrong." <laughs> so right time of year, there's no crickets. Something bad is happening. One thing that I appreciate is that they kind of introduce the concept of invasive species as well. How they mention like, oh, when they were in Venezuela, they were isolated in their space, but out here, we don't know how they're going to react. They're not isolated in a place where they can leave, so they might spread really quickly. And, you know, they never say invasive species, but they're kind of like putting it out there for people to understand that, you know, they're in a stranger space. They're already acting weirdly. They're mating with the um, animals, that the spiders from there, and they might spread, and who knows what's going to happen then. And they, 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 they made a bit of a, a, a song and dance because they were like, oh, because, because there are no boundaries, this could spread and wipe out town after town. But it was a really good way of getting across the idea of like the impact invasive species can have, yeah. Do you yeah. think that the way that this film works, they kind of put science in a negative light? It's like, it, it's science hubris. It's, it's resulted, it, you know, it's it, like the humans are the bad guy in the end do you, do you get that feeling like if they didn't go there if they hadn't gone there and they hadn't disrupted the natural order of things in trying to learn about it they wouldn't have ended up with this spider that's going to cause mass chaos and problems with the ecosystem yes but not as much as in your face as other films when they they literally say you altered the balance in this area and this is your fault now you know like mm. this was a bit more subtle and the way that they they um they display science when needs to be like oh i'm just going going on my doing my research and then this happens it's not their fault it's not them bringing it I, I was expecting the scientist to be more evil and the only bit when he's like, he just goes into the barn on his own because he wants to capture that spider for the sake of science. Um, but they don't, I don't think that they, they, they show science in that bad light as all the films did. I was actually, I noted that, I, I was actually surprised. I think though you do have a point with regards to Dr. Atherton specifically, because while he does help the town, in the end, as you've mentioned, Christina, he's very focused on, um, you know, this amazing new species. He wants a live specimen. Uh, and in the end, it's his focus on wanting to make this discovery that gets him killed. So it's, you're led to see that maybe science, when it forgets about um, the human aspect, is kind of negative. And, and that's kind of the distinction between Dr. Atherton and his assistants, right? Dr. Atherton is... He's after, you know, the science, but his assistant is focused on the impact on the townspeople. And can I also say that the, the way that they portray the, um, the scientists when they call into the office, I think that was quite good, uh, quite realistic, quite what you would expect a lab in a... And then they're like just playing foosball there. Very okay, good. well, they, they're putting them in a light. They're like not super busy and not... They're not the um, stereotypical scientists, you know, the, the old man with a the beard. They're a little bit more cool, although there's no female scientist at all. The, the, the film is very male-dominated in general. That's but, very true. You know, it's the right. 90s. You can't 
it is what it is. Yeah, bloody patriarchy, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only female that you see is that woman that helps him um, at the beginning and dies. The wife wife. being the wife, being positive. I mean, they they try it. They go, oh, you were a stockbroker, but no, you're not. (laughs) Um, And then the children. Um, But it's a very male-dominated film. But yeah, Yeah. and, and you see that on The Scientist, but at the same time, it's not the old-fashioned scientist with the lab coat. They, they look quite cool. It was quite nice, that. I like that. Yeah. Do you think there's like a bit of a sneaky message at the end that humans belong in human land and they shouldn't be out in nature because they end up in the city right at the end and it's all happily ever after. We never should That's have left. That's true. I yeah, we should have never left the CC. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I do think it was definitely city people. The way that people in that small town were depicted were, was not... It was not unflattering, but it was not terribly flattering. Mm. Yeah, they they were they did like the outsiders, yeah. and there was nepotism. Yeah, it was all a bit. This is a local town for local people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't it didn't really give the locals side of the story, right? It didn't give you a chance to empathize with them very much. The why they might have those yeah. reactions. The you small also town feel. Focus. And if they hadn't been there, they probably the, the spiders might have wiped, wiped out the whole town because they didn't they didn't worry about it. They didn't really care about it. They actually brushed it off a bit. And it was because he insisted that they end up looking into it and going, oh, okay, fine. But otherwise, maybe it would have ended ended up in a different way. Yeah, because if if he didn't force the issue, right? If the big city doctor hadn't forced the issue these small town folk with their small town, like, this is the way it always is, it's fine, um, yeah. would have been wiped out. So it's, it, it's definitely, you can see what the audience is. Um, so what do you think the impact of this movie was or is on the way in which people see spiders? Do you think this film gives spiders a bad name in the same way that Jaws does for sharks? I think not as much because as, as we were talking before, it's an animal that gets taken out of its habitat. And I think that's the difference. So there's that message of this happened because the spider got taken out. But where it was, it was fine. You know, nature was working and it was all right. But it was because it was in a, in a place where it shouldn't have been that this happened. Um, that doesn't mean that people want to see this film and then see a spider and kill it. Like, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a horror film in a way. Yeah, you know, it's, it doesn't help any arachnophobic, but yeah. it does. It, it's a different message than Jaws, I think. Jaws, but this one is, it got brought into, it got put into this situation. A little bit like Jurassic Park. It's like they were doing something they shouldn't have done or something happened they shouldn't have happened. The fact of the matter is they made... A film, like Tom said, it's called Arachnophobia. And they, they made a film that, that does exploit the very primal fear of yeah. spiders. They knew what they were doing. So I think, yeah, overall, even though they had mitigating kind of things in there, I think overall you still, it's still Arachnophobia. You know, mm. it's, it's still a horror film based around spiders. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think if someone was going to go into this film thinking, I'm scared of spiders, they're going to come out thinking, I'm really scared of spiders. Uh, I personally think that's, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing you get from, from a film like this. 
for me, the difference with a creature feature horror film versus any old horror film is that level of realism. Mm. And with an animal that is a real life animal, and it's not portrayed too far out of the ordinary. We're not talking gigantic crocodile. We're not talking eight-legged freak. We're, we're talking about very real-looking spiders. I, I think this, this film is designed to cause a bit of fear. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's intended to make you a bit scared. Because people like being scared. And I feel like there, there is a bit, a bit of an agenda to, to make you scared of spiders. And like I say, it's called arachnophobia. It's also it's also the ways the ways again in the sleeper in the helmet in the popcorn in the shower in the sofa. Oh yeah, you're going it's, to it's you're going to be horror. there, and yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, it's horror tropes all over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it, so. It, it plays on those fears, but I wonder. For, maybe it's because I'm not super arachnophobic, uh, coming from years of working outdoors and like trying to convince kids to not be scared of spiders and, and thus needing to kind of like suppress my own reactions, like picking up a log and there's a huge spider there and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> have to suppress that immediate response. But I feel like the fact that the spiders are fairly realistic and that they, um, it, I don't know that it leaves you feeling much more scared of spiders than you were going into it. I don't know. True. I, I think it's because they don't exaggerate the threats of spiders too, too much. Mm -hmm. They spend a lot of time talking about how spiders are not so deadly. And it's this, this is like an exception to that. I think that is quite a significant mitigation for me anyways. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think that goes back to what I was saying. It's not, again, it's called arachnophobia, but it doesn't, put you in a situation that goes, yeah, they're going to come and kill me because this is a situation that is not that likely to happen. Except if you get a banana and loads of the spiders crawl out and then you probably will freak out. I would say that this film causes less arachnophobia than watching a YouTube video of a camel uh, spider. Like, if you really want to, like, have a fear of a real-life animal, camel spider. Yeah, I won't be doing that. Yeah, you don't, don't, don't do that. Do don't no. do it. No, no I'm not going to do it. I think if it actually, I, I think the film would have actually made people dislike spiders more if it spent more time focusing on like details of spider behavior because spider behavior is not for everyone, right? Like the way that they <laughs> eat, like if they had close ups of spiders fighting things and feeding on things, like that's not the prettiest thing to look at because it's a bit gruesome. Mm. Well, they had the um, pulsating egg. Pulsating egg. Yeah, yeah. Uh. But again, if they spent time zooming in on spiders too much, like their bodies, like, well, expand and contract in order to breathe and things, right? But because you see it from afar, you just see them kind of skinning along doing Oh, you've got the crawling. The yeah. crawling is what makes people go, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. But if you were to zoom in even more, and if you didn't like spiders and you spent time looking at spiders, you either are going to think that, wow, these are super cool, or you're going to think, oh, these are super gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this film doesn't do that. It just focuses, it just, again, it plays off an existing fear, but I, I don't know that it does too much to make it worse. For me personally, as 
someone who went in not expecting to be creeped out. I was creeped out, and that was because of the use of real spiders, I think. Mm. Because the tangible, like we were saying, how tangible and, and present they were, if they'd have been like a practical effect, I'm so happy that they weren't like rubbish CGI and stuff. But I think, yeah, I think them actually being there was what kind of set me off and was like, oh, those are real spiders crawling all over the house. I'd hate that time to me. So yeah, I think that was that's what got me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get Connor a nail gun and a, and a small incendiary device. <laughs> The film, it, I mean, that bit with the nail gun kind of made me more scared of nail guns, one, but also... Like, <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, the true enemy. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, like, rotting floorboards in old houses. Like, it's super dangerous. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that was, <laughs> yeah. It was more dangerous than the spiders. Like, your whole family could have fallen through the floor into the basement. Yeah. We haven't talked about Pest Control Guy. He is one of my favourite characters of the whole film. That and the girl that it makes friends with the little girl from the family. But yeah, pest control, oh, yeah. he's the best. Brilliant. I love how he breaks out his like not totally legal pesticide agent that like melts holes and things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hydrochloric like, acid to spiders. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. things that start to smoke and steam covered all the things that I've got. Do anyone have any other final thoughts on the film? Yes. Okay. Right. End credits. And I've got something to say, and I think Connor has something to say about the end credits as well, because there are two points we want to make here. My one is, it does not end with no animals were harmed in the making of this film. And I yep. thought that they killed a whole lot of spiders. And that disturbs me. Yeah, yeah, that probably happened, didn't it? I think they actually were stepping on them in the movie. I don't think those were standards. Yeah. Yep. No, and the number of spiders that they used in some of those scenes, like almost certainly they had to step on them. And also they probably needed to fog the set with an insecticide afterwards, mm -hmm. I would imagine, because I don't think they'd be able to like catch them all. Yeah. Yeah, they probably actively killed them at the end of their filming. But this this species of spiders is, I mean, not much of a consideration, I'll granted, but I would imagine that these were captive bred rather than wild caught spiders because this um, the species that they used is known to be like quite docile around humans like it's it's the kind of spider that you could have like as a pet and handle so it's it's a common one to have in zoos and things so probably they were captive bred which is not much of a difference rules for collecting specimens there's a lot of legislation about what you can and can't do, but invertebrates in particular have almost no regulations whatsoever. So yeah, that's the problem. Get away it? with whatever you like when it comes to invertebrates. I mean, make of that what you will, but I still think in a movie where you're using an animal as the main focal point of the movie, you should have a level of respect for it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of how the way I feel. But uh, that's a bit of a downer. There is a, uh, a good thing about the end credits that uh, we, we noticed on our, on our viewing. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you catch the movie had a theme tune? That <laughs> played over the end credits? I did not. It's sang by one Jimmy Buffett called Don't Bug Me. Um, but I think some of the lyrics are like, don't, don't step on me or I'll, I'll come bite you. Or something like that. I've got the lyrics right here. 
Uh, oh, please read them. Uh, out into the wild unknown, night crawling, free falling, just don't get in my way. Don't squish me or death wish me, that's all I have to say. It's a message there. There's a message there. I think they're saying what they're not saying in the rest of the film. It's like, yes. don't <laughs> kill this. They have feelings, like people. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I like that. We've given the spiders a voice. Yeah. And it's Jimmy Buffett of Margarita Day. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of another Film Club episode. Thank you all for joining me on this episode. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having us, Victor. This was fantastic. So for full show notes, you can find them on our website, which is knowingnaturepodcast.wordpress.com. If you want to find out more about the movie Arachnophobia, there was a made-for-TV documentary about how they made the movie. Uh, a link to that will be found in our full show notes. You can also send us an email with any questions or comments to knowingnaturepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at kn underscore podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.